everyone, and welcome to Myth in the Mojave, a weekly half hour of storytelling and conversation about mythology and why it's important to our lives today. I'm your personal mythologist, Catherine Svela. I live in Joshua Tree, and I'm pleased to bring this program to the high desert and beyond here on Radio Free Joshua Tree. Earlier this spring, we spent some time with the Greek myths of Medusa, a woman with snakes for hair, wings, brass hands, and a stare that turned whoever looked at her into stone. Now, people for many years have tried to figure out the significance of this figure. Is she a woman or a goddess or a monster? Who knows? And I told you the ancient Greek myth of Medusa, and we discovered that she was born with the snakes, according to the Greeks, that she was one of three sisters called the Gorgons who lived at the very edge of the world. It was the Roman poet Ovid who later on gave us the version of Medusa as a beautiful young priestess in the service to Athena. Now, this is the more popular version of the story, and according to Ovid, Medusa was raped by the god Poseidon in in Athena's temple, and of course, Athena couldn't punish or, you know, exact any kind of revenge for the desecration of her temple on Poseidon, because he was far too powerful god, her uncle, in fact, so she punished Medusa. She took her wrath out on Medusa by making her very ugly and terrifying. So in this version of the story, Medusa is a victim of the gods twice over. The local High Desert Mythological Roundtable group sponsored an art show and a spoken word event on this Medusa theme with the support of Radio Free Joshua Tree and the Listening Lounge in March, and that generated many very, very interesting interpretations of this fascinating figure. I am going to post an archive of the words and the images from those events online, and I hope to be able to get around to that soon, and I hope that you will find it provocative. But we are still left with several questions. Who or what is Medusa? Is Medusa a monster or a goddess? Is it possible that the terror that she inspires is holy and that the mysteries she contains or protects, that was one of the possible meanings of the Gorgons, that the mysteries that she protects are sacred? Is Medusa one face of the great goddess of life and death? And if so, why is the popular version the one in which she is a victim? In Medusa's story, her main story, which is also the story of Perseus, the hero who decapitates her, we have to ask, is she repressed? Is that the meaning of her death? Is she being denied by the patriarchal culture? Or is she being integrated? And where is Medusa or this Medusa energy? the petrifying stare on the edge of the known world. Where is that energy in our culture today? 
Now, in the context of the earlier shows I did on Medusa and the spoken word and art shows, we're basically asking ourselves what comes next in our evolving relationship with her and how do we approach her. Now, one thing that we know for sure, Medusa is not someone or something that you can look at directly. (laughs) Not unless you want to be turned to stone. She is ambiguous. She is a mystery. And this is the heart of our fascination with her. Now, in the weeks following, I found some very interesting parallels between Medusa and a fairy tale figure called the Baba Yaga. And that's what I want to share with you today. The Baba Yaga is a terrifying witch in Slavic, Russian, and Polish fairy tales. She's very old, and her stories are very old. The etymology of her name, Baba Yaga, which is sometimes connected to the Russian word for grandmother, Babushka, which some of you may know, is actually very ambiguous. It's a a lot like Medusa. But Baba Yaga is linked to snakes and death, to horror and evil, and also to feminine earth wisdom. Sounds a lot like Medusa, right? In this story that I'm going to tell you, which is one of her more iconic tales, It's called Vasilisa the Beautiful, or sometimes it's called Vasilisa the Wise. Uh, She appears singly, but there are other stories in which there are three sisters, all called the Baba Yaga. So there again, we have this parallel to Medusa, I think, as one of the three Gorgons. Let me just get on with the story here. And it's Vasilisa the Beautiful, Russian fairy tale. I invite you to relax, listen to the story, and note the details and the moments that hold special attraction or meaning for you. Vasilisa the Beautiful. Once upon a time, in a faraway kingdom, there was a merchant and his wife. Now, this couple was happily married for a number of years, but they only had one daughter called Vasilisa the Beautiful. When the girl was eight years old, her mother got sick, and she called her daughter to her bedside and said, I have to die, but I want to give you my blessing. And I also have an important gift for you. And the mother gave the daughter a doll. She said, whenever you're in trouble, whenever you need advice or you need comfort, ask the doll. Feed it a little bit of food and she will help you. And never tell anyone about the doll. So Vasilisa took the doll and her mother died. After some time of grieving, you know, the the father, who was still a relatively young man, remarried and he married a widow who had two daughters of her own that were about Vasilisa's age. And at first, all four women got along just fine, but over time, the stepmother started to turn hostile to Vasilisa. Vasilisa. 
This may have been because Vasilisa was a really beautiful and charming girl and outshone her own daughters in many respects. And Vasilisa was very troubled by this, but the doll always comforted her. Now, one day, a time came when the merchant had to leave the country on business, and he was gone for quite a long time. During his absence, the stepmother moved with her three daughters to another house that stood near the primeval forest. And this forest, it was rumored, was the home of the great witch, Baba Yaga. Nobody was ever allowed to approach Baba Yaga, and it was understood that whoever fell into her hands was eaten like that, like a chicken. This situation actually suited the stepmother because she was hoping that one way or another, Vasilisa would cross paths with the Baba Yaga. This didn't happen. Until one evening when the stepmother gave her three daughters candles and jobs to do. She said, you are all behind on your work and so I want you to stay up late tonight and get some things done. One of you will embroider, one of you will knit, and the other will spin. And she lit the candles and she went to bed. The girls worked for a while and the candles burned low and burned low and one by one they went out. And finally, the last candle went out. And one of the girls took her knitting needles and she went to the candle to ostensibly clear the wicks, but she purposely drowned it and, and put the candle out completely and permanently. Then she said, well, I really don't mind. I mean, I can see what I'm doing. I can knit by the light of my needles, so I actually don't need a candle. And then the other stepsister, who was the one who was embroidering, also said, you know, I can see perfectly fine by the light of my needles. I don't need light e either. So the two of them turned to Vasilisa and they said, okay, Vasilisa, you have to go get fire. You are going to have to go to the Baba Yaga and get us fire. And Vasilisa was afraid and didn't want to go, but they pushed her out the door and bolted it behind her. So Vasilisa stood outside on the step for a minute, and then she consulted the doll. And her doll said, don't worry, no fears, just go where they have sent you. Vasilisa started walking. And she walked and she walked and she walked all through the night. And then she met a rider who was dressed in white, sitting on a beautiful horse that was covered in white, and the horse itself was white. And as soon as this white rider went by, day broke. And after a short while later, she met another rider, this one completely in red. And after the red rider went by, the sun rose. Vasilisa had walked all through the night, and now it was day, and she continued walking, and she walked all through the following day. 
and in the evening she finally arrived at a clearing. This was a very odd place. And as she stepped into the clearing, she noticed that there was a big enclosure, and in the middle of the enclosure, there was a hut. Now, this was not just any hut. This hut was whirling and twirling as if it were dancing on chicken legs. Yes, chicken legs. And fascinated and terrified at the same time, Vasilisa drew just a little bit closer and she noticed that the enclosure, the fence, was made of bones. And each of the posts was topped with a skull. Now Vasilisa was terrified, absolutely terrified. And just then, a black rider went by all dressed in black on a black horse, and night fell. But it wasn't dark in the clearing for very long. Because as soon as night fell, the eyes of the skulls began to glow, and they created an eerie, eerie light. Vasilisa was so frightened, she just stood frozen, watching all of this happen. And then she heard this weird, uncanny humming sound. And the trees started to rustle. And out of the woods came the Baba Yaga. She was sitting in a mortar. And she was rowing with one hand with the pestle. You know, a mortar and pestle that's used to grind things up. So she's sitting in a mortar With one hand, she's rowing through the air with the pestle. And with the other hand, she was wielding a broom and sweeping out the traces of her movement from behind her. The Baba Yaga had a long, crooked nose and yellow teeth. And as she moved along, her long gray hair flew out behind her. And when she got up to the door of her hut, it stopped twirling and sat down. And just as she reached to unlock the door, and by the way, the bolts were made with arm bones and the locks were made of jaws that had the teeth knocked out. Just when she reached to unlock her door, she stopped and sniffed the air and said, Ugh! It smells of Russians. Who's there? And Vasilisa, although she was very, very frightened, took a step forward and said, It is I, Grandmother. I have been sent here by my stepsisters to ask you for fire. Good, answered the Baba Yaga. I actually know your stepsisters. So uh, I think you should stay with me for a time, and then you will have your fire. So she unlocked the door, and she spoke a few magic words, and pushed the girl inside with her, and closed the door. The house was full of very strange and interesting objects. 
But the Baba Yaga kind of bustled around, pulling out food and ordering the girl, telling her to set the table and heat the stove and do a variety of chores. And at last, the Baba Yaga sat down for her meal and she ate. And she ate. And she ate. And she ate. She ate a huge amount of food, a tremendous amount of food. And all that she left for Vasilisa was a little bit of cabbage soup and a crust of bread. Then she got ready to lay down for sleep. But before she went to sleep, she said to Vasilisa, the next morning I am going to go out. And while I am gone, I want you to sweep the yard, clean the house, uh, do all of my laundry, which by the way has not been done for quite a while, I want you to cook me a meal, and you see all of that corn over there piled up in the corner. I want you to separate all of the mildewed corn from the good corn. And young lady, all of this will need to be done by the time I come home, or else I will eat you. And then the Baba Yaga went to sleep. Well, Vasilisa was more than a little bit dismayed. On top of being frightened, she hadn't the faintest idea how she was going to get all of this work done. And so she turned to her doll for advice. And the doll said, go ahead and eat your supper and go to sleep and don't worry. Everything is going to be okay. Well, after some time, Vasilisa heard the Baba Yaga moving around and she heard the door close and the old woman was gone. And she got up and she went and looked out of the window and the eyes of the skulls, the glowing eyes, were starting to close and she saw the white rider go by and day broke. And while she was still standing at the window, the red rider went by and the sun came up. So Vasilisa took a few minutes and looked around the house at all of the very odd and interesting things that the Baba Yaga had, including some amazing treasures. And then she decided that she better figure out which of the tasks she was going to start with first. But all of the work had already been done by the doll. The only thing that was left to do was to cook the meal. And so Vasilisa cooked the meal. And when the Baba Yaga came home in the evening, she found that everything was done. And outwardly, she appeared very pleased. And she praised Vasilisa for her industry. But of course, privately, she was very angry that there wasn't anything that she could find fault with. And then something very, very strange happened. The Baba Yaga cried out, Faithful servants, come and grind the corn for me. And three pairs of skeleton hands appeared out of nowhere, and they took the good corn away for grinding. Then the Baba Yaga sat down, and she ate, 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 just like the night before. She ate a huge amount of food leaving only a few scraps 
for Vasilisa. And just as she had done the night before, when she got ready for bed, she turned to the girl and said, Young lady, tomorrow I will be leaving again in the morning. And I want you to do exactly the same thing that you did today. I want you to sweep out the yard, clean my house, do the laundry, cooked a meal. But this time, I want you to separate that pile of poppy seeds you see out there in the yard. I want you to separate all of those poppy seeds from the dirt. And you'll need to get all of this done before I return or... I will eat you. And once again, Vasilisa was terrified and could not understand how she was possibly going to get all this work done. But as soon as the Baba Yaga went to sleep, she consulted her doll. And once again, the doll said, Vasilisa, don't worry. Eat your dinner. Go to sleep and all will be well. The following morning, the Baba Yaga left. The riders went by again, the white and the red. And again, Vasilisa discovered that all of the work had been done, except for the cooking of the meal. And again, the Baba Yaga came home as evening was falling and looked around and saw that everything was done. And so she once again called for the servants, for the skeleton hands, to come out and take the poppy seeds and take them away to press them and get out all of the oil. Then she sat down to eat her supper. And while she was eating, Vasilisa stood silently by watching her. The Baba Yaga looked up and said, What are you staring at without saying anything? And the girl said, If I may, Grandmother, I would, I'd like to ask you some questions. All right, said the Baba Yaga, you can ask me a few questions, but remember, not all questions are good, and to know too much can make one old. Well, said Vasilisa, I would only like to ask you about some of the things that I've seen. On the way to you, I saw a rider dressed all in white, sitting on a white horse. Who was that? That is my day. The bright one, answered the Baba Yaga. Well, said Vasilisa, if I can ask you another question, then there was another rider, another rider who went by me, and this one was dressed all in red and sitting on a red horse. Who was he? Ah, the red one, said Baba Yaga. That is my son. And then, said Vasilisa, when I arrived at your gate, a black rider came. Ah, yes, said the Baba Yaga. That was my night, the dark one. Now, Vasilisa thought about the three pairs of skeleton hands, and she really wanted to ask about those, but she decided against it. And the Baba Yaga sat looking at her for a minute, and then she said, Don't you want to ask me any more questions? And the girl said, no, no, you know, that's good. You said yourself, grandmother, that knowing too much makes one old. And then the Baba Yaga said, you did right by only asking me about the things that you saw outside 
and not about anything that you've seen inside the hut. I don't like it when the dirt is brought outside the hut. But now I want to ask you something, my dear. How did you manage to do all of that work that I assigned you? Oh, the blessing of my mother helped me, answered Vasilisa. She didn't say anything about the doll. Oh, that's it, said the Baba Yaga. You've been blessed. You are a blessed daughter. Get out of here. I don't need any blessings in my house. And the Baba Yaga pushed Vasilisa out of the hut and chased her down to the gate. And then they remembered the fire. She took one of the skulls with the flaming eyes from the fence post and she stuck it on a stick and she gave it to Vasilisa. Here, take this. This is the fire for your stepsisters. Take it along with you. And Vasilisa stepped out of the gate and the Baba Yaga slammed it behind her. And Vasilisa ran away from the Baba Yaga through the dark forest and the light from the skull lit her way. She ran and ran and then when she got tired, she walked, but she kept moving and finally dawn broke. And when dawn broke, the light in the skull went out. But Vasilisa kept walking. And on the evening of the second day, she reached home. When she got to the gate, she thought about throwing away the skull. But then she heard a hollow voice say, Don't throw me away. Take me to your stepmother. So Vasilisa kept the skull. And she went into the house, and her stepmother and her stepsisters were pretty surprised to see her, as you can imagine. And she set the skull on the stick in a corner. And it fastened its burning eyes on the stepsisters and the stepmother. And everywhere they went, those eyes followed them, burning, burning. And in the morning, they were burnt to ashes. And the only one who was unhurt was Vasilisa. So Vasilisa buried the skull in the earth, shut up the house, and went into town. Now, we don't have very much time to investigate that story. I'm just going to point out to you that one of the most important details in this story, and the thing that I think links, one of the things that links Baba Yaga to Medusa, is the skeleton hands. The skeleton hands that remove and grind the seeds, the poppy and the corn. Those are connected to Hades and to Demeter, to sleep and to death, to the underworld and resurrection, the ultimate mysteries of the life-death goddess and the earth wisdom of the feminine, which is the womb and the tomb. We see echoes of that in uh, Baba Yaga's riding in the mortar and the pestle and the grinding of the grain, which that means, you know, it dies in order to make bread. Uh, And also when the red and white and black riders, dawn, sun, night, birth, life, death. I'm going to leave you to think a little bit about the doll. I'll talk about that 
a little bit next week because I'm going to tell another Baba Yaga story next week. So I hope you'll tune in for that. That's it for me, Catherine Savela, and Myth in the Mojave for this week. If you have questions about today's program or mythology in general, you can find Myth in the Mojave on Facebook. And you can also contact me through my website at mythicmojo.com. I want to remind you that Radio Free Joshua Tree and Myth in the Mojave are made possible by generous donations from Mojave Wi-Fi, Joshua Treats Ice Cream, Pappy and Harriet's, Peter Spur Realty, and listeners like you. Please go to our website at www.rfgt.org and make a donation of any size to keep the station going. Special thanks to Travis Rosenberg for my theme music and to you for listening. Please tune in next week for another story about Baba Yaga, one that will take us in a little bit different territory. And in the meantime, happy myth-making and keep the mystery in your life alive.